I alone, look at my mother income back then. You know, they go only cater to my tuition alone, not transportation, not feeding, not caring for the house. So I said, well, I will still make it and the way to make it is a fun scholarship. So or have it, I was able to, you know, benefit from lots of scholarships. Even the school actually has some money for me. Self-spoken but driven. You've just heard an excerpt from my conversation with our STEM vocational mentor, Mr. Emmanuel Dudukele. Stay tuned for the rest of this conversation. Welcome to another episode of Contextualizing STEM Education in Liberia, West Africa. I'm your host, Rodney Bodie. This podcast tells the personal stories, dreams, and challenges students in Liberia endure in the pursuit of empowerment through STEM education. During various episodes, we will hear about how these help shape their pursuits. This podcast is also a production of the Institute of Basic Technology, a nonprofit hands-on STEM lab providing access to students in economically challenged communities in Africa. Let our model predict and improve the outcome. Find us at www.institutebasictechnology.org or follow us on Twitter and Facebook, Institute of Basic Technology. Uh, today I have with me in studio um, a very special guest, uh, a mentor at our institution in Liberia, Institute of Basic Technology. He's responsible for our vocational track, namely the uh, computer networking, web design, uh, Python, and we will evolve uh, the program as it goes along. Emmanuel, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you, Ronnie. Thanks for having me. Okay, so how about we start off with you telling us a little bit about who Emmanuel uh, Dorokelen is? Okay, so Emmanuel Dorokelen is a librarian and a guy who hailed from Bonn County. He started his primary education in Bonn County. And Bonn County is outside of the capital city of Monrovia, right? Definitely. So um, I later moved uh, in Monrovia with my parents in 2004, right after World War III. So uh, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean by World War III? Um, so we had, you know, a series of civil crises in Liberia, and the mm-hmm. latest was the one that ended in 2003, where we had our former president Charles. Taylor being arrested and sent to the Hague. So that the end of that war or mm-hmm. of those series of wars is known in Liberia as the end of World War Three. Mm. So so before we move you come to Monrovia, can you just explain in terms of growing up and how you know all of these different wars impacted your own uh, academic journey? Yeah, so growing up there as a kid. Um, the world actually impacted my education, you know, negatively because mm-hmm. by then, by then, um, we have to leave from school or into, you know, no rural bushes for safety. And mm-hmm. there, you know, I had to cater to, you know, my father's cattle because we had over 30 summer goats. 
And oh, wow. I to, yeah, I have to see them morning, afternoon, and evening. And, mm. you know, for the fear that they should not be able to cry out. And it will be astonishing to know that basically we used to, like, poke at night, you know, go into the swamp. And when we are going to the hiding places, we don't go with our front. We go with our back, you know, with the impression that when someone sees it, you know, he or she will think that we have left wherever we are there. So the war was actually, you know, a terrible experience and it negatively impacted my education because I mm. had to sit a lot of years, you know, without doing anything to impact myself. But how be it, it was an experience. So, and so sorry. So your dad, uh, you know, so I think he was more into agriculture and, and raising animals. And so pretty much when the war came, the way you was primarily impacted was to leave school and pretty much help to tend to his cattle while you guys were in the forest to avoid the animals you know, crying out and the rebels coming and, you know, and, and taking them from you guys. And definitely, definitely. So those animals, um, the thing is, he was actually involved with um, agriculture, but when it mm -hmm. comes to, you know, the pastoralism, we're not actually involved. Um, mm. The sea war issue actually lay out there because my stepmother, the whole cattle school for my stepmother, parents, mm. they too, you know, because, you know, um, they were quite old and they were aging, so they didn't want it to have that burden on our head. So they decided that we take the cattle, you know, with us in Bonn. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, so this was pretty much what uh, you were you were doing at the time. And then, so then what happens uh, that led you guys coming to Monrovia? Okay, so um, what's happened that, that led us to come to Monrovia? You know, it was actually my stepmother. So right after the war, and then she said that, you know, all the time she'd been in Bonn, she has not raised, she's not raising any dividend of her being in Bonn County. So mm -hmm. she decided to, yeah, she decided that we should come to town. And so based on that, she left, you know, my dad and the rest of the family there. She came to town to look for a place. So rent. she alone came to town? Yeah, she alone came to town with the consent of my father. Mm. So well, was it? Uh, how, why didn't your dad come? Or was it just difficult for men to travel? Uh, what, what what was happening? Um, it wasn't. It wasn't difficult for 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 men to travel. But I think mm -hmm. that's how that's how they set it up. And mm -hmm. more besides, I think one of the driving forces behind that would be that my stepmother, you know, is somehow exposed to you know uh, grew up activities than that of my father. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so maybe that was one of the reasons for her coming to town. So right after that, that's how when everything was settled. They sent for us, and my dad, a lot of my, you know, other siblings who decided to come to town. And when we came to town, you know, we, things were not just easy as well. So my stepmother decided to sell, you know, fish for the King Gray. King Gray is a beach in Liberia right here where mm -hmm. they sell bony, you know, um, there are different species of fish. Mm -hmm. So we decided to sell. So I used to like father her, carry the fish around. And later on, you know- And how old, were you, how old were you at this time and what uh, 
grade will you have been in? Yeah, so by then I was I was about twelve years, yeah, twelve, thirty years of age. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was I was I was actually in the first second grade. Yeah, second grade by then. Oh wow. Yeah, so I, when I was promoted, I was in a bush and I was promoted to the third grade. But then when we came to town, we moved to town, you know, the part is that I was intimidated because um, I didn't really know how to speak English fluently. And more besides, I felt that, you know, the education system this way was quite different from, you know, that in Bone County. So when I came, there's a school currently, they call it Waybell, all the way there in GSA, yeah, right here. So, so yeah. sorry. So when you say you could speak little or no English, what were you speaking back then uh, when you came to the city? Yeah. So um, basically, in Bone County, most especially mm-hmm. Jita, behind behind Parala, yeah, where you have you know um, four quarter, the boundary between um, Nima, we are situated between Nima and that Green Baza and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I used we used to speak. In fact, we speak better. So better exactly what we communicate in. Um, okay, which is one of the local languages in Liberia. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so um, we used to speak English, but you know it was just like, just like no, you know, village English. Not really something standard. No sort of the agreement, nothing. So those things were kind <laughs> of yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they were kind of you know playing on me. I felt intimidated when I came. Um, in Monodia, I took the second grade, I repeated. And unfortunately, you know, I was not to repeat because what I saw myself doing, it was quite, you know, not different from what I was doing back there in the bush, mm-hmm. uh, as we would call it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. right after that, but the fact is that, you know, things was not easy. Um, later on, we have to move from GSA because it wasn't GSA that we settled. GSA, there's like, called Gisi Camp. So we settled in Gisi Camp and later we have to move on the Dupo Road. So one of the local communities down here. Mm-hmm. So when we moved to Road, there was no transportation. I used to walk, you know, to go to school. Sometimes you are discussing, you know, three, four, five hour distance, you know. Oh wow. So how far so you, you used to walk to go to school, uh going in the morning to school and coming back, you that's what you're doing every day. It definitely, you don't have breakfast before you talk about mm. transportation. So, yeah, so there is no breakfast. You have to walk, go to school, walk and come back. Maybe you come back, you know, try to sell and in the evening like that, then find something to eat. And that will be it again until the next evening. So it's oh, just wow. no walk, as you call it. <laughs> Man, so you were walking in the morning. You say for how long were you walking in one direction? Two to three hours distance, depending wow. on how you walk. Two to three hours distance, walking in the morning, no breakfast. You, you go to school and then you there until what, one o'clock? You are, yeah, yes, you are there until one, one thirty. So I was supposed to let her basically um, one forty-five. One forty-five. So you are the beyond campus by eight o'clock, seven thirty, mm-hmm. eight the latest. And would you have lunch while you were there? There is no lunch. There was no lunch, absolutely no lunch. So you were pretty much going to school and learning on an empty stomach and then walking back again for another hour, hour and a half on an empty stomach back home under the hot Liberian sun. And just so interested to know that 
it has mm-hmm. it has not changed. It has not changed. Maybe it has just changed. Uh, maybe maybe two or three percent of uh, of the population. But the fact is that people in the twenty first century are still walking those distances, and people mm. are still living like that in Liberia here. So yeah, and those are things that makes you know other people stronger and determined to do something for themselves. So, but as a young man back uh, in this case, I guess you were twelve, yeah, going on thirteen. What was going through your mind? What did I mean? If you could somehow, without trying to retro- retrospect, but rather take yourself and go back in time in your mind, uh, was this something you felt that was it was worth doing? Walking all these hours, uh, going to school, not eating, and coming back. Uh, was it to, to you? Was there any hope in doing that? Yeah, definitely, there was hope because you know. Um, we were told that if you are educated, you know, you'll be able to, you know, change lives, you'll be able to contribute to society. And more besides, you'll be able mm-hmm. to ride, you know, some other luxury cars, because usually when you are working and you see somebody into maybe SUV or any you know, other Toyota, you ask your parent to tell you, oh, you know, those are the old people, those are the educated people. So, you know, that that spirit resonated well with us. and. We decided to say, well, it, it means that when we go to school, we graduate and God come first, we will be able to, you know, one of those days, write something like that too. So those were just, you know, things that were encouraging us and that were kind of making us stay going and more besides too, our, you know, um, the way we came out back in the day there in, in, in the village. Yeah, the village, you know, you have um, this thing too, Three, three to four hours, some of the farm, farm distance, you know, from the, from the town to your farm, you have to walk two, three hours before reaching there. So when we came to town, it was not quite so difficult to, you know, transition to the city life. Mm. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so then you, 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 so you will go to school, come back home, and then you have to go and take, you know, like we're saying, like, you have to take the market and then you go sell. So, like, kind of like walking on the street, going from one community to another and selling for a few more hours before you come home? Sure. Um, so, what is happening when I leave from there? Mm-hmm. My mother, yes, my mother. So, by then, because they will have to, most often, they will have to go in the afternoon to buy the fish. Then in the evening hour is a time, you know, that's a time other people are getting ready to cook and you carry around. So by four, five, like that, then we go to carry the fish around. And then we will come back maybe seven, seven, ten, eight to eight o'clock, then we start to farm. Wow. Yeah, so by nine, ten, like that, yeah, you can eat. And that's why, <laughs> you know, I can eat relatively any time of the night. I don't really find <laughs> anything with my stomach. <laughs> Yeah, but then how are you making time to study? Because you bet, I mean, you're pretty much gone. I mean, you see, God, if you say two hours going, you get there by 8, 1, 1.30, you know, so 1.30, 2.30, 30, you're home. And then pretty much by 4 or 4.30, you're on the street, you're selling. And then you're back home uh, by 7, 7.30, and then you eat. So what time, I mean, what would, where do you find the energy from? to be able to, uh, you know, study, to make the grades in class, to so pass to the next. Okay, so um, the fact is that up to now, I'm not used to studying a day. Maybe if I'm, if I'm doing something a day, it's just a read, but not really ready for, you know, academic purpose. So mm. we usually, I usually study at night. 
So by then, I'll, you know, it's a week, you about four like that, four, five, six, and then we all know stuff like that. But so when things, you know, started to at least improve relatively, then mm-hmm. I started to study, you know, by one, two. So I studied at night in order to make grade, I studied at night, not in the day. But in a day, I don't really have time to study. Even if I had time, you know, my stomach in life will take me back in Austin, yeah. Somebody's spinning and you want to learn, so it's not easy. So I don't usually understand that night uh, in a day. Already, I don't study in a day as well. Yeah, due to migration. So I attend a lot of schools. And so right when I, you say due to migration, are you guys, did you find yourself moving quite a lot uh, uh, during those days? Definitely, because we were renting. Okay, we were mm. renting. And, and while renting, sometimes, you know, my dad will find something to do and based on the distance, we can't stay in our community. We have to move, you know, to proximity where, you know, he will be able to access his job and also access his family. So we were constantly moving. So it was like a mobile life, you know. So, mm. and so when you say, moving, when what kind of, what line of work was were your dad doing when he came to Monrovia? Yeah, so um, he was involved into misery um, he was involved into uh, lastly lastly he transitioned he transitioned to I, I don't really know how to call it but mm-hmm. it is a kind of it is a kind of work so it, it is not agriculture but a business so for instance mm-hmm. um, sometimes we go we go you know on some other beaches in Liberia you'll find a tash okay and there's a there's a little structure there with a tash on top of it so mm-hmm. at times he, he prepared some other some other touches. And there's a there's a house that we built here in Ladero. It is built with a baboon. So mm, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So so then stick, okay, the stick houses, mm-hmm. or sometimes when you write a bill, you know, upstairs you have to put the stick on the another mortar, you know, to, to have it cemented. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, those are those are kind of job he was, you know, involved with. Because okay, so he was a mason doing masonry and building, but I said he was building using local materials like you know the touches, the bamboos and, and sticks and and stuff to build to help build uh, homes in 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 the uh, the environment he found himself in. Therefore, wherever he found work, you guys had to be able to be closer to whatever his work was for you guys. I mean for him to be closer to the family and, you know, and to make ends meet that way. Sure. And maybe another one would be that we, we, we had to, we had to, to move, you know, to a place where we would be able to afford the rent. Now that's one mm. thing too, because we were all looking for an area that would be affordable, not, okay. not, you know, based on the decency or something like that. Okay. Got it. Okay, so so you went through a lot of schools, and so what was the first school that you remember that you stayed the longest at? Um, so, well, that would be Bideka, the school that I graduated from, mm-hmm. high school. Yeah, so Bideka. Um, so I went through I went through a lot of schools, and after war, two thousand ten, two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to, you know go to my mother. I have to move mm-hmm. to my mother on the pipeline. All right. So in Pinsley, So, right so you left you left you left your dad and your stepmom and you had to move to your mother. Sure. I have to mm-hmm. move to my mother. 
So there at my mother's house, you know, I decided to attend a school in the commercial city of Relight, which is, you know, um, Singapore. So I spent, I spent a I spent two semesters, you know, at Singapore, I got the next semester, and then I had the move to Bedeka. So at Bedeka, there I wrote class in 10, and I suddenly graduated from Bedeka in 2016. So okay, I'm so, Yeah, so, uh-huh, Sarah, go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, when I when I moved to my mother, things were not still yet okay, things were, because she herself, um, but then she had just, you know, moved to town. But the unique part of it is that, you know, she had, you know, she bought a place before coming. So there oh, she went. bought a place? Yes. Huh. So, so, but, so what was the level of, I mean, what kind of skills or uh, 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 employment or educational background she had? Because it seemed like she could afford, relatively speaking, a bit more compared to your dad and your stepmom. Yeah, so my... My, my my mother, my mother, she's a high school graduate. Yeah, okay. she's a high school graduate. She graduated in 2001. Yeah, mm. so when she came, she was working with, you know, um, her brother, which by then, you know, was the deputy speaker. Um, okay. Yeah. So she, you know, purchased a place there and I moved there. And when I moved there, you know, things were not still fine. I stayed at the walk one hour, 30 minutes, you know, to go to school. And leaving from school, coming back home, so I involved myself into you know um, selling. So I used to sell earring, and based on the selling of the earring, mm-hmm. uh, my my this is exactly why really really you know um, drove mm-hmm. my passion for technology. So while selling the earring, I used to like go around. The fact is that I reach a walk because I will leave, go to go roll. Those are distances, those are miles I'm talking about. Go to go roll, go back to the city right here from the where I attend. Right. So okay. So I'm trying to picture in my mind. So you 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 stay in Red Light, which is a commercial district right outside of Monrovia, but you will get your earring market. You leave from Red Light, walk to and walk around the community. Yeah. Wow. So that's a good distance. I know uh, people listening to this podcast, uh, some people listening to this podcast won't be able to appreciate uh, that distance. But I can you know, tell you that's no small, I mean, uh, miles to cover, you know, uh, under the sun, walking with, you know, a weight, uh, you know, because basically you are carrying the market around. Uh, now you are not in a vehicle, you are not in, you don't have a wheelbarrow or anything, and you are walking from one community to another, selling this and have to come back home with that. So, yeah, so I can appreciate the, the level of distance you had to cover. Yeah, so and there I used to, you know, sell that, and based on that, I was able to at least, you know, save some money, you know, um, to help my mother in order to contribute towards my education. So, oh. yeah. So at Singapore, there I was, I, when I was in the 10th grade there, and when I moved there, things was not quite okay, but based on our ambition and joining politics, yeah, that at least helped to leverage some of the responsibilities. So, um, <clears throat> why? Why going around, why going around the earring, I decided to purchase a phone. 
Yeah, because by then mm. at least I wear a phone. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I bought a phone. I bought a phone from one of my schoolmates. Yeah. So mm. when when I when I bought the phone, it was a Chinese top. A Chinese top, you know, it's a big big phone. It's not really sophisticated, but you see it is a touch screen, very mm-hmm. wide, big. Yeah. So and by then those were the phone, you know, that you want to hold. You know, you want to hold a big phone, you know, like, oh, <laughs> like show up. Yeah. <laughs> So when when my phone decided to you know trouble me, you know, it was kind of my function me. I mm-hmm. decided to carry it in red light. There's a store there for diploma. Uh, mm-hmm. Right opposite Echo Bank. There's a bank in red light called Echo Bank. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there in that store, there's a guy. He's currently um, in Liberia, but he's not at that store right now. Um, so a technician. So when mm-hmm. I use it, when I when I carry my phone to him, he's the one who repair it. So why you know kind of looking at him, opening the phone, and you know just touching one or two things, not really doing anything major with it, and sometimes charge me, not pay. I'm not really looking at the money, but mm-hmm. you know the the logic that you're applying and the skills. So right. how, yeah, when we when we either add that on, I think it was we either add that uh, twice. So I went to him. I told him that I, 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 get it. I have interest in this job you're doing and I want to do it. He mm. said, well, you serious about it? I said, yeah. So he said, okay, go home and then come back, you know, the next Monday. So I went home. I still continued my selling, my earring. Mm-hmm. So when I went back, that's how he told me, are you serious? I said, yeah. So decided to crash on Joe with me and say, oh, well, if you're ready, then you have to go to the graveyard, you know, uh, <laughs> find the money, yeah. <laughs> you'll find some spirit, you'll come with chalk and then bring the chalk to me, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. the fact is that I was not really intimidated because I said that you were just joking, although you were somehow serious saying it. Mm-hmm. So he asked me, can you do it? I said, yeah, I can do it. So he said, okay. Um, I think by then it was in December, he told me, okay, after the Christmas, I want you to come January. So I said, okay. When I went, that's how he told me, well, um, I have agreed to help you in order to learn this job. But the fact is that we don't have space in the store here. And for sure, there was no space. We had two of your brothers from Nigeria there. He's a Nigerian fellow. Mm. So that's how he sent me. He, he connected me with one of his guys. He called him Barry. Mm-hmm. Barry, Barry. Uh, <clears throat> so... Barry took me, Barry took me on a, you know, a term and condition. And in red light, you know, red light is not a place where you will have, you know, um, comfort in terms of sitting or, you know, the capacity. You got there, they only serve you a table spot, maybe one or two feet based on the type of activity that you are involved in. So Barry had only a stool at his area. In order to sit. So when I when he told me, okay, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna pay three thousand Aberdeen dollars, and then you will come in the morning for the bus outside. You know, we have a bus, you know, a bus mm-hmm. where you will, you will have a vacuum, mm-hmm. a vacuum tube. Yeah, the vacuum tube is is something that you can use to blow the phone and do other stuff. So I will put I will put them outside, and then I will not stay be fed. So oh, wow. I will feel you. Yeah, I won't be fair, and he won't transport me. Absolutely not. My only objective there is to learn. I said, yeah, 
I said, no problem with that. So we were on a short walk from school. And by then they had the people are biscuit. And so unfortunately, uh, you know, things are evolving in the global economy, so we no longer have it around. So what I've been praying for is at least I should get something like $10 LD or mm-hmm. $15 in order to buy, you know, a Gary or maybe a bottle of water and drink. And if I'm, if I'm okay like that for working, I don't have a problem with it. I work two hours. Mm. So, so let me see. Yeah. So, so, uh, so interesting. So, so two questions. So, uh, so at this time, uh, what was the level, uh, or what grade were you in at this time? And why do you, what do you think was that driving factor that you, you know, regardless of what obstacles that Barry were put, seemed to be putting in your way, like the 300 Liberian dollars to pay and doing all of this extra work of being fed? What was the motivation to keep going, you know, after school? Yeah, so by then <clears throat> I was in the ninth grade. So mm-hmm. I was in the ninth grade, yeah, stay as simple. So I then was just, you know, trying to um, wrap up the semester. So it was actually 3,000 LD, 3,500. Oh, 3,000. Wow, that's, uh, that, that, back then that was a lot of money. Yeah, it was a lot That's of money. Especially for you too, especially for you at that time. You know, that was a sure. lot of money. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. But you know, um, actually I had my mother there. So, okay. you know, she read it. Yes, yeah. So, uh, it was a lot of money, right? Definitely because back then, before you can learn, you get 14 sorts of skill. You have to go either in VDC or you have to go to, you know, um, Kakata. Okay. There you have to acquire that. So it was not really much when it comes to, you know, attending those schools. So the driving force behind this was that I was, I was really curious to really understand, you know, um, how the food could, could really work. Because I don't really have much, you know, time for technology. Although I was using food, I don't really had the understanding of it. So mm. I, I was really eager to know, you know, the various components. But mm-hmm. if you open up, yeah, but then, you know, if you open up foam, you will find different, different, you know, um, component, you have different, different things there. So I really wanted to know the, the, the meaning of it and how are they functioning? So mm. I was just hoping to, to really, really get it. And if I get it, that, that would be okay for me. So when I was there, he did extremely well. You know, he didn't have anything for me. Usually, mm-hmm. when you rather change, I see, you know, in a greater cycle. Mm-hmm. For me, yeah, show me the different different types of integrated cycle. Show me, you know, um, the CPU, those ones that you cannot temporarily and different different things in the mass. So when I was there, I didn't really take long. So I didn't learn. And right after that, that's how he told me, okay, since there's a situation, I'm going to work with Winner. So Winner is a, you know, a betting company, a gaming company in Latin mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So they, they hired him as one of the technicians to be repairing the gaming machines. So he told me to take over the place. But then I could not actually agree to it because I still needed to go to school. And mm-hmm. I still have passion for my education, although I was making money. The part is that right after that, after um, three months, I started mm-hmm. making my own money now. Yeah. So I will now. Oh, wow. Uh, Get on car, get on bike, and then buy, you know, one or two for myself. Yeah. So I told him, no, boss, I have to go to school. So that's how I turned the area over to a guy who was sitting right by us. 
So I left it and decided to continue my education. Why? So then you went to education, and so then you went back to school full time. Or you did you go back to doing your earrings business then? Uh, what happened? Oh no! But then right after I got the skill for you know um, repairing phones, I tried mm-hmm. the earring business because um, this one it was more comfortable than the earring. Um, mm-hmm. comfort. I not needed to go in the sun. I never needed to walk distances. I just needed to sit based on my idea. You know, I would charge somebody ten dollars US, five dollars US. You know. Oh wow! And, oh yeah, they would be able to get rid of me without even doing something. It's just a minor thing I need to do. Something that even if you know about, you won't be able to bring it. But because you don't have the idea, so I dropped the earring and mm-hmm. decided to to move on with the repairing. So then, <clears throat> although sorry about that, although I was making money, the fact mm-hmm. is I was making money right after I learned that I learned that, that job. But then I could not stay, you know, forgo my schooling because I told myself, but if if I'm staying in high school and repairing phones right now, getting this amount of money, it means that if I continue and graduate, I'll be able to make something more than this. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how. I was going to school, so now I was doing a repairing job in the afternoon. So right after school, when I ready to go, I will put my, you know, um, color clothes in my bag after school. I mean, go into the warehouse, put my bath also, and undress myself, and afterward go back home. So in order to maintain my grade, again, I needed to study at night. So when I go wow. home, eat. And that's why up to now, you know, most some some people got far with me that I don't stay long outside. You know, I don't really take time to, you know, I said, well, it's not that I didn't really want to sit outside, but thing, you know, I need I need to, to wake up to study because if I stay outside 10, 11 o'clock, it means I won't study. If I don't study, I, I feel somehow, you know, guilty. So mm. yeah, so I just study at night. Okay. Okay. So let's. So at this time, you you know you in high school, tenth uh, or eleventh grade at this time. So, uh, so you have all of these technical skills that you pretty much acquire on your own outside of you know going into any kind of formal setting to acquire a uh, formal vocational setting to acquire, and you in high school. What were were the labs like? If at all you had any as far as the STEM education there for you in high school? Yeah, so in high school, um, I was passionate and I'm currently passionate about, you know, the science courses, most especially, you know, math. Yeah, so, and my passion for math, when I was in the eighth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, the fact is that my so intimidated me because I already had good math instructor. But when I moved, when I when I move at Bedeka, I wrote at Bedeka. You know, one of my instructors, oh, he used to encourage us. You know, very very good at math because he was studying civil engineering at University of Liberia. So when it comes to math, physics, chemistry, he really encouraged us. Sometimes other days, call us, you know, mentor us. So that really grew my passion for math. Even up to the time of graduating, you know, I had to sit for the U.S. entrance, University of mm-hmm. in order to study civil engineering and later change of math and physics. Although I was successful, but then due to one or two reasons, you know, 
I had no quick there. So at what point you started thinking, I mean, so in high school now, you know, uh, well, well, did you guys have any kind of real lab, you know, like most thing? So for example, in other parts of the world, when you're in, uh, most of the sciences will have like a lab, some lab, hands-on laboratory experience attached to it so that you kind of, what you are doing on the blackboard, you have a hands-on uh, experiment that pretty much helps to uh, close the gap for you uh, as a student. So was that, did you have any of that kind of experience when you were in high school? Absolutely no. Even up to now, if, if you are fine, if you want to come schools that have lab in Liberia, STEM education, um, you better not find half of our you know, schools down here. So mm -hmm. I never had, I never had such an experience throughout my entire, you know, um, um, life as a student in high school. Uh, as you're nearing graduation, uh, what, what were you thinking as far as what you want to pursue in school? I know you said civil, at first you were thinking about doing civil engineering. And then because of your teacher, you later on switched to math and physics. But how did you come about to say, okay, yeah, no, I mean, I think I want to pursue civil engineering. How did that come about? Uh, although it may be agreeable, but the fact mm -hmm. is that the decision that we make in life when it comes to academia is usually driven based on two major factors. One would be your parents, you know, maybe what mm -hmm. they specialize in or what they think that you should do. Yes. And the second would be your mentor at high school or whatsoever you know institution you are. So for me, um, it was based on my math instructor. So mm. because of the way he used to teach math and because of the way he used to like you know talk about civil engineering, talk about the advantages, disadvantages, it actually made me to you know grow that passion. Although on the other hand, my uncle was behind me to you know, studying nursing at Cunnington, but I really, I really never had passion for biology. Although I just go in biology, but I never had passion. So I decided to go with civil engineering based on the piece of advice from my math instructor and his mentorship about that. And then, and then, and then, but then, if, uh, then how come you switch later on to physics and math? Okay, so because that was, that was actually what I was to do. And what mm -hmm. I need to do. So later, when I started to go, when I decided to register, so a friend of mine, he's calling mm -hmm. it there at, at, at University of Liberia. So we decided to have, you know, some chit chat and then decided to do our own back investigation and say, well, uh, our mentor will always like say this, he will not give us probably the deep side of it. So mm -hmm. what do we think? So I said, well, if you're doing, you know, civil, we had to look at the job market and other things down in mm. Liberia because mm -hmm. everything we were doing was definitely about Liberia because, you know, no kind of hope that then that you got to leave and then apply your skills somewhere else. You're so right. I said, but for me, the fact is that I, I actually love, you know, civil engineering, but mm -hmm. I don't really think I'll be able to do it because of the intimidation that is a come from Universal Liberia. So, there's a thing. When you enroll, uh, it's a myth. I get it. Yeah, it's a myth. That's why I want to believe. Other, other may say, no, it's true, but I think it's a myth. It says that if you enroll there, you want to graduate. 
some of the professors will take a balloon and then rub it on your cheek. So if your beer, <laughs> if your beer cannot pause that balloon, it means that you are still young and you won't graduate. Oh wow. Yeah, so but I, I didn't I didn't digest the phone part of it. Yeah. Mm. So but in other words, so, you guys were thinking more in practical terms, like if you're gonna spend all this time in school, uh it had to be something that was relevant to the job market in the country. Sure. So then we started we started to say, well. Say that's the case, he too said, you're going by economics. I said, okay, since you're going by economics, then I think I can do math and physics. Then mm -hmm. that will, you know, give me <clears throat> the leverage to at least practice or specialize myself in diverse field probably in the future. Mm -hmm. So that's how we agree. And then when we, you know, start for the entrance. But then why sitting for the entrance um, starts university, but then you know, they have just launched a program as the newest, you know, um, the first IT college in Liberia. So, um, usually in real life, when I used to prepare my phone, one of the hardware component I used to do. Mm -hmm. So, if your phone has, you know, software issue, I would take it to the software guys. And mm. the truth is that but then the software use a big money than the hardware. Although mm. at daytime, sometimes they make ten dollars US, twenty-five dollars US. That that's big money. Yeah, big money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then you notice that just a flash of phone, maybe there is a virus or something is going on your app cloud. You spend something like 40, 50 USD. Mm. I never had the knowledge. Yes. I never had the knowledge. So I said, well, since there's a case, and then you have stars, university there offering, um, you know, BSc in computer science, then it means that uh, I think I can take advantage of that. Mm. But then knowing my financial status, I said, well, hmm, since there's a case, I don't really have money to continue as stars because of the fees. So mm -hmm. I think I can, I can go at UL and then try stars. So if things work out as stars, then definitely I can trap you out. Looking at the economic benefit and also my passion. Right. So I decided to write the entrance, the both entrances. So I wrote the both of them and then I was successful. So right after that, I started to lobby it for stars and you So 2016, 2016, I was in the both, I was in the both institutions. Oh wow. Yeah. I was I was attending simultaneously. So um, there I talked to one of my uncles. So that's mm -hmm. how he said, well, I say you want to attend staff and right now there is no money. So what I would do is I got one of my friends there, probably he can take you, then when we get the money, we're gonna give it to him if they didn't please. So that's how when he contacted him, you know, God saw being on our side, he agreed. So my first semester was actually built on him. So he had to, they had to cut it from the salary and then oh, wow. later. Oh, yeah. wow. That's, that's really generous. Yeah, sure, sure. He's, he's, he's somebody who is very magnanimous. Mm. So that's how my mother and my uncle, you know, reimbursing. So there, I said, well, since there's a case, looking at Universal Library and also looking at stars in technology right now is a hard cake. And looking at my status too financially, 
Hakeem attended two schools because right. of transportation and no money. And right now, I want, when I say I want to attend the two schools, it means that there will be no way to ready hustle. So it's better I drop one of the institutions. So I sat down, I did my, you know, risk analysis. I said, <laughs> well, yeah, the fact is that if I remain at you, uh, when I graduate, the thing is to teach. Yeah, I will be able to teach. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not really prepared to teach for now. So let me go and do technology because when I do technology, um, I will have, you know, many areas to work and it will be at my advantage. And there's a new right. field that is coming. So I did have to trap you after two semesters. So oh, after, wow. Yeah, after two semesters, I dropped you and then coming back as stars. I never had the money to really complete. Although my mother, you know, she was working and my uncle was there, but they too, they have some, you know, external, you know, libraries that they needed to cater to. And mm-hmm. I alone, look at, my, look at my mother income back then, you know, they go only cater to my tuition alone, not transportation, not feeding, not caring for the house. So I said, well, I will still make it, and the way to make it is a fun scholarship. So, or have it, I was able to, you know, benefit from lots of scholarships. Even the, the school actually has some money for me. Yeah. So let's, I mean, yeah, and that's one of the things, you know, I, I know when I uh, interviewed you, uh, when I, even when I first saw your resume, that was one of the things uh, that struck me in terms of, you know, uh, scholarship and in terms of how, driven uh you you were so let's talk a little bit about you know the scholarship how i mean you got them so here you were you know knowing that you didn't have the financial capability to put yourself through but uh you knew you 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 had the drive you had the intellect uh so let's talk about how you learn about the scholarship and how you got there okay so for the scholarship um the very first scholarship I, I, was, I ever got was BHP Beta. It is Iron Money or Combining Library. In fact, they are kind of progressive worldwide. Yeah. So BHP Beta, through my former principal, when he came, principal, when he came on campus, he told about it, and that's how they, how they apply. So my hope was, because I spoke with the scholarship director, he told me, I told him I want to extend the scholarship because um, I'm at the verge of graduating. So when I go to college, I want for the scholarship, you know, committee to stay sponsor me. So that's how he said, okay, no problem. All we will do is you come, we'll give you a little test. If you mm-hmm. pass it, then we'll continue the sponsorship. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, when I enrolled back then, there was no way in order for him to sponsor me. So why there, um, Kumis, He's, um, the, he's now, you know, in politics in Liberia. Mm-hmm. So Coca-Cola, former vice president. Yeah, vice so, president. For, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was on campus and on a bulletin, I just saw the notification 20, 2017 by then. So mm-hmm. Scala, you know, all those who are interested should apply to an email. So I said, well, you know, but then we were like taking it to be, you know, political initiative, and mm-hmm. that was not really last for long because most of them that's how some behave. Mm. So 
we decided to take advantage of some of my colleagues and I, so when I apply, then they send me the scholarship form and decided to write. And when I wrote, I submitted, went for interview. After the interview, you know, Google have it, I was shortlisted for the scholarship. And the scholarship was, I get a full scholarship. Oh, wow. So you got a full ride. Uh, and this was true. Is it the Cummings Foundation? Is that what it's called? Or, uh, Definitely. Cummings, okay. Cummings Africa Foundation. Cummings Africa Foundation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, 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 and he's currently still, you know, um, sustaining his scholarship on track. Uh, I mean, his scholarship initiative. So when I got a scholarship and <clears throat> it was going for 15 credit hour along with your registration fees. So when I got it in my workload by then, my course load, sorry, my course load was somewhere around 16, 17. So I, I, get it. I was trying to find other, you know, uh, means of just going everything. So that's how I did I apply for uh, the Ministry of Education, local scholarship by then, because right now it's no longer functioning. So when I applied for the scholarship, we went and sat for the exam uh -huh. and got to have it. Yeah, although mm, it was quite challenging because I wrote it for the first time. <laughs> what happened, what didn't happen, they said I'm a full swap. So I couldn't, I couldn't either be, uh, I was not able to be contacted. But for the second time, God will have mm -hmm. it. I came through again. So there I was on two scholarships. The, Ministry of Education, which is a library mm -hmm. government local scholarship, and that of Arizona Benedict Kumish Africa Foundation. So while doing that, they also had it kind of they have it there, um, stars on a society. Mm -hmm. So at the at Stars University, they got uh, an honor program for those who you know maintain a GPA, not just maintaining GPA 3.25, but mm -hmm. at least if you be somebody who is involved in the, you know, some works at the institution and a potential leader. Mm. So when they launched that, I decided to take advantage of it. This time around, not because I just needed, you know, financial aid, but because, because um, Kumi's Africa Foundation was taking, mm -hmm. of, um, uh, was taking care of my fees and also the Ministry of Education. But I just gotta mm -hmm. be on it because of, you know, at least I will be able to share with other students. I will be able to do some volunteer work for the institution. And that was actually my, 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 my second, you know, um, era of concentration. So I actually got on it and I was coordinating the entire program right after I was, we were, you know, um, selected by the committee. So mm -hmm. to, we decided to do some further work for the institution, you know, um, start for high school. There's a program that will teach the program and also build students and other, you know, related campus work that will do it. And that's, that's how it, it was. That, that, that's excellent, man. That's, you know, I, I didn't know about the, 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 the Cummings uh, Foundation piece uh, to your story, but yeah, I mean, so, uh, and, and so, as an outsider looking in, I can see the building blocks of that determination of you, you know, not giving up 
uh, back then as a second grader in Monrovia walking for hours to get to school, coming back and studying and then making time, uh, uh, you know, to study. And, uh, and so, yeah, and then you graduated with honors. I remember you, you, you graduated with honors from, from, uh, from stars and, you know, and we have been, you know, fortunate to have you over at IBT. Uh, is it going on? Is it going on a year or, or two years? No, I don't remember how long we've had you at uh, IBT. Yeah, so um, it was twenty twenty. It, this 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 coming February will make will make it two years. Oh wow, two years already. Yeah, yeah. and so so. But talk to me about, I know, you know, I know apart from you working at our place and which we'll touch on briefly, you do a lot of other things that you're not one of those people who have said, okay, I graduate, I have the degree, now I'm just going to, you know, try to get a job here and there. But you are still educating yourself even now, you know. So talk to me a little bit about why, what's the drive that keeps pushing you to keep going? Yeah, so the drive that is, that, is, that is actually pushing me and that will always push me is because I actually want to make an impact mm-hmm. yeah, into the Liberian society. And, you know, to make an impact, it means that you must have impacted your life, your own life, before you can impact somebody else's life. So, that that is that is that is one thing mm-hmm. and yeah and also looking at my you know background the background that which you know i hail from mm-hmm. we we do not have you know many graduates when it comes to college we don't and we don't actually have you know like like the not not just by calling your name for people to look at you. But mm-hmm. when you call your name, at least people should remember you for what you are doing. Say, for instance, Kumi's Africa Foundation. Okay, mm-hmm. Mr. Kumi's. Even if he doesn't become president of Liberia, the fact is that he's impacting lots of people and I'm a testimony to that. And right. mm-hmm. those are, yes, those are kind of initiative. Those are kind of things that I want to see because down here, you have lots of people who are willing to learn. But mm. there is absolutely no way, you know, to to make it. And take for instance our own institutions, you know, IBD. So those are kind of things that are really pushing me there. I can be a help to others out there. But before doing that, I must, you know, be able to educate myself. We of course right. try to. Yeah, and and you have, I mean, and uh, I can't say enough for how much you brought, uh, you know, to our institution from, you know, the uh, com- uh, computer networking codes that you have uh, designed and built. And we're going to be, you know, graduating our first set of students from the course, uh, the uh, web design course. Uh, also, we're going to be graduating our first set of students as well. And it's pretty much one of the most affordable courses, vocational courses uh, that you can have. Uh, that students can access in in Liberia. So talk to me about your experience of, you know, developing, teaching this course, especially as we uh, move to, uh, you know, wrapping up. My experience on web design and that of networking and 
most especially which is my passion um mm-hmm. python that we don't have right now programming mm-hmm. computer programming in general so i i did it you know that was part of my module mm-hmm. my undergrad on grad school at stars university and right after you know i got the knowledge i did i do you know see how best i can solidify it by getting some online enrolling some online you know courses like you got a Udemy, you know, I got some courses on Udemy that mm-hmm. I did a part in currently in and collaborating with other friends around where we have some, you know, particle lab virtually. So those are kind of things that I did help me to do exactly what I'm doing and still hoping that, you know, I improve on them. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to see some of Emmanuel's work, you can, you know, visit our current uh, website, for example, he uh, designed and developed uh, that. We also, there will be an update coming uh, later on. So that's one thing you can uh, see as well. And if you are looking to sponsor students in uh, Liberia into one of these technical vocational programs that Emmanuel is currently, you know, spearheading and running at our institution, uh, you know, you can find most of the information either on our website, uh, our Facebook or Twitter page, or by directly uh, contacting the school in Liberia if you were interested in supporting students for the next uh, cycle, which will be beginning, I believe, uh, later on in the year, closer to uh, uh, November. So, Emmanuel, so two more questions as we wrap up. So, looking at where you are now, as far as what you've achieved academically and where you came from, uh, what advice would if somebody younger than you, somebody who are Liberian students, or perhaps somebody somewhere else who might be facing obstacle challenges, what advice looking at where, I mean, just looking at your own trajectory now, would you say you can uh, give as far as perseverance? Advice I would let go over is that, first of all, you have to define yourself. Mm. Yeah, so know who you are and where you're from. That's one thing, because even if you have the opportunity, somebody may say, well, all right, since this is case, I would like to sponsor you. And sponsoring you, if you do not have that, you know, mindset that you are actually from, the, from one of the strong communities or you are, you know, somebody who does not have that strong foundation, you won't do absolutely anything. So you will just mind others who are out there. So if you know yourself, you define yourself, then all I can say is do the little that you are doing and mm-hmm. also do not be shy to ask for help. Ask anyone that help you think can be able to provide help. If they don't, well, that's it. Move on, but keep pushing. Do not stop because, you know, greater is yet to come. So define yourself and keep pushing on the little that I wish you are doing. One day things will be okay. That's good. That's good. And lastly, looking, I mean, you know, you have gone through the educational system in Liberia and you are still involved in the educational system in Liberia. What do you think would need to improve in the Liberian educational system 
to be able to move it to the next level where Liberian students are competitive with their colleagues. Uh, I won't say in the rest of the world, but just within the sub-region and in Africa. Yeah, so one thing I, I would say anyone who wants to help to help to improve is the quality of our education. A political institution, and mm-hmm. this podcast is not about politics, but the thing about it is you want to do anything, please help to improve the quality of our education like RBD is doing by bringing in labs where students can be able to you know, experiment and see some other things instead of just you know, um, doing other things like other people are doing. Okay, so the quality, if you improve the quality of, of our institution or of this country educational sector, it mm-hmm. means that we can compete with others out there. In fact, we can do better than they are doing because can you imagine other countries will have other necessary sophistication? And when you have students from Liberia, you know, competing with students from those sophisticated countries, the margin sometimes is nowhere and sometimes there are no margin. So it means that mm. we have sophisticated labs, we have quality instructors, we have no instruments that are needed Definitely, you can make it. So quality is extremely crucial at this point. This has been a very, very enlightening conversation, and I uh, appreciate your candidness uh, in our conversation. Thank you very much, uh, Emmanuel, for you know sitting down with us to tell us uh, to share your journey with us, and we really, really do appreciate the hard work you know you've put and you continue to put in at uh, our institute to make it better than what you made it at. So thank you very much, Emmanuel. Yeah, thank you for having me and thank you for bringing this wonderful, wonderful life-changing institution in Liberia. I'm grateful. Okay, thank you. So thank you all. You have just been listening to our guest today, Mr. Emmanuel Dorokalen, our technical education uh, mentor at the Institute of Basic Technology. Uh, You can find information about Emmanuel at our website, institutebasictechnology.org. Emmanuel uh, graduated with honors uh, from Stars University. He currently uh, teaches uh, computer networking, lab design, uh, web design, and hopefully soon to start uh, uh, our computer programming track Uh, with emphasis in Python. So uh, thank you all. This concludes our podcast for today. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to another uh, podcast of the Institute of Basic Technology, Contextualizing STEM Education in Liberia, West Africa. This has been your host, Rodney Bodhi. Thank you. Bye-bye.